So now we're holding on Daf Yud Gimel Amid Aleph, uh, about, I don't even know how many lines this is, like 12 lines down, where the Gemara says, Avram, who Avram? Two dots, right? Yeah, by the two dots, there you go. Avram, who Avram? Avram, that it says in the Pasuk, is, afterwards his name was changed, Hashem changed Avraham's name to Avraham. So, Betchila Nasa Av Aram. Originally, he was the father over Aram. He was, uh, that's where he lived. And in the end, when he convinced everyone that Hashem is the true God, he ended up being the father over the entire nation, which is referring to Klal Yisrael and the originator of the Jewish people. Um, the Gemara goes on. One second. Sarai, who was Avram's wife. Originally, they called her Sarai, which is the, like, a uh, master of, like, Asar, like the, uh, like the chief of, uh, uh, meaning... It's, it's a singular uh, Lashon, wording. Sarai, he Sarah. Her, she, she's the same as Sarah. But Chilo, Nasa Sarai, Le'umasa. She was the princess, so to speak, of her nation. And then she became the mother of the entire Kalisrael over the whole world. Now, the Gemara goes on. Tani Bar Kapara. Bar Kapara learned. Avraham, Avram. Someone that uses the original wording of Avram's name. He transgresses, uh, he transgresses on a positive commandment. It says that Hashem told Avraham that your name will now be, from now on, it's going to be Avraham. So if you go back and say Avram without the hey, then you are transgressing on this positive commandment. You're even, you even uh, transgress on this, um, on this um, what's that, how do you say it? not positive commandment, on a, on, on a negative command. There you go, that's the word I'm looking for. That he should not be called Avram anymore. Rather, they should stick in a hay, and he would be Avraham. El Meata, the Gemara asks, Sarah Sarai. If someone calls Sarah her original name, which is Sarai, Hachinami, that should be over and Asay and Elisa say. So the Gemara answers, Hasam no Kutchabrichu Amar La Avram Sarai Ishtchalei Tikres Shema Sarai. Hashem told Avraham, your wife's name will not be Sarai anymore. Um, rather, Ki Sarah Shema. Rather, her name will be Sarah. So it was Hashem, the one that was talking. And didn't say necessarily that. Um, one second. <clears throat> right. So it wasn't. So it wasn't that Hashem is is saying that there's a loisikres shema sarai. It's not saying that there's a negative commandment that you cannot uh, be over on. Rather, it was Hashem who was telling Avram that that was going to be her name. So Almeyata the Gemara asks, Hakarele Yaakov, Yaakov, if someone says, calls Yaakov Avinu Yaakov, because we know that Yaakov Avinu's name was changed to Yisrael. So, Hachanami, that a person should be over. Shani Hasam, the Gemara says, the Hadar Ahadre Kra, afterwards the Pasuk goes ahead and calls him his original name again. So, it's only if he had an original name, the Torah changed that, then you can't go back and call him the original name. But here, if the Torah itself called Yaakov his original name, so then it's okay. The Chsiv, it says in the Pasuk, Vayimer Lekim Yisrael, Bemaris Alayla. And then it says after that, Vayimer Yaakov Yaakov. So it first calls Yaakov Avinu Yisrael, which was his new name. Then it went back and called him his original name of Yaakov. So then there's no issue with calling him Yaakov. Master of Rebbeisi Bar Oven, Rebbeisi Bar Oven asks, Vayitema Rebbeisi Bar Zveda, Atahu Hashem Alekim, Asher Bacharta Babram. We have a Pasuk that says that, it says in this Pasuk, that uh, you are Hashem, that chose Avram. And it says without a hey, which was Avram's original name. So we should now be able to call Avraham by his original name, which was Avram. Amalei, he said to him, Hasam Navi who the It's the Navi, this Pasuk is said in, uh, in Echemia. It was the Navi talking about how originally 
that was Avram's name and Hashem chose him. And then afterwards, it, um, and then afterwards Hashem went ahead and changed his name. Vesamta Shemai, the end of the passage is Vesamta Shemai Avraham, which he actually changed his name. So um, he was saying the praises of Hashem, this is the prophet that was saying the praises of Hashem of what was originally. Congratulations to all of you that made it through to this point. All right, let's go on. If someone was going ahead and reading the Torah, this is talking about someone who's going ahead and he's reading from a Chomesh, and he's he's reading from the Torah, and it reaches the time now, it's the morning, let's say, and it comes time to actually say the Kriyashma. Now this person obviously is reading, for some reason he's reading all the proper paragraphs for Shema. It means he's reading about Eschan and he's reading the beginning. And then in the next parasha, wherever the next one is, he's reading over there. Each one he's reading corresponding to the proper way of saying Shema. So the halacha is, if he has the proper intent to fulfill his obligation of the Kriya Shema, then he fulfills his obligation of the Kriya Shema. If Prakim, now, in between the different paragraphs, Shail but a person can greet someone, a, a person who is a, uh, a person who, who has great honor, someone that, if a person would walk into the room and you would want to stop and greet him since he's an honorable, honorable person, then you could stop in between the chapters, in between paragraphs, and greet him. Umeshev, and you can answer. Uh, Umeshev, and you could also answer. That means if someone comes over to you and says, hey, you know, good morning, how are you? Shalom Aleichem. You can answer back. Aleichem Shalom. Good morning to you, sir. And in the middle of a, of a paragraph, that means, let's say, we're going to see what these prakam are, what these paragraphs are. That means, let's say, we'll choose the bracha of Krishma of Avarabha. So in the middle of that, in the middle of that blessing, you can, you can greet someone because of fear. Let's say it's a king or someone that's going to kill you if you, if you, know, if you don't uh, comply with him or if you don't uh, greet him properly. So then you can ask and you can greet him and say, Hi, how are you, how are you sir? Good morning. Umeshiv, and you could also answer the same thing. Divri Ramer, this is the opinion of Ramer, Bihuda Amer. Bihuda's opinion is In the middle of a paragraph, you can ask, you can meaning you can greet someone. I, I, I'm using the, the, the wrong word of ask, but it's more that you would, you can greet someone because of Yira, someone that you're afraid might kill you or something. Umeshiv and and you can answer if someone greets you, you can return that greeting only if it's an honorable person, which it's fitting for him for you to answer. But Prakim, and in between paragraphs, you can greet someone who is an honorable person. And you can answer, you can return a greeting to any person. That means if anyone comes over to you, this opinion of Rabbi Huda is anyone that comes over to you in between. Let's say you just finished Avarambi, you're about to say Shema. Someone comes over and says, Good morning, how are you today? So you can answer back, um, you know, Aleichem Shalom, good morning to you. Now, these are the difference, the in-between of the, the paragraphs. We said that there are two brachas, by Meirav and by Shachras, there are both two brachas before we say the Shema. Between those are considered between the second blessing and the actual Shema. That is the first chapter of Shema and the second chapter of Shema. Between the second chapter, the second paragraph of Shema to the third paragraph. And between the last one to the bracha, which we say after the Shema, which is V'yatsev. That is the opinion <coughs> of the Tanakhama, Rabbi Huda Eimer. A person should never stop and never take a break between the end of Shema and the bracha, the blessing which is following that. 
Amr Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha. Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha says, Lama Kadma Parshas Shemal Vahayim Shemaya. Why do we say the parsha, the first paragraph before the second paragraph? Kedei Shiyakabalav Al Malchus Shemayim. Since we accept upon ourselves the yoke of heaven, which we say, Shemay Yisrael, Hashem Lekinu, Hashem Echad. We, we take upon ourselves that Hashem, our God, is the only God, and He's the only one, and that's accepting upon ourselves the yoke of all Malchus Shabbayim. Tchilah, the first we say, And the second paragraph we speak about the different commandments. So in that, we say, uh, we accept upon ourselves this yoke of the commandments, which it speaks about in the second paragraph. Now, why does the second paragraph go before the third one? In the second paragraph, it speaks about learning Torah. Learning Torah is, it says in the Apostle, there's a commandment to learn Torah day and night. So that's why in the second one, in the second paragraph, we say this first, because it's applicable for the daytime and for the nighttime. And However, the third chapter, the third paragraph, which includes the mitzvah, the commandment of tzitzis, and we know that the person is only obligated to wear his tzitzis during the day because it says you have to be able to see it. So that's why that goes last because it's only applicable at night, I'm sorry, during the day, as opposed to um, Talmud Torah, learning Torah, which is applicable by the day and by the night. Now, the Gemara starts and says, Shemami no mitzvah striches kabbalah. This is a big sugi over here, but we're going to have to run through it. That a person, there's a big dispute if a person has to have proper intent when he does a mitzvah. Let's say a person goes ahead and picks up a lulav and he wants to shake it. Does he have to have a mind that he's doing it for the proper mitzvah or he can just do the action without having any thought and fulfill his obligations? So it seems like from here, since the Gemara said that a person is reading from the Torah and he has to properly pay attention to what he's doing in order for him to, to fulfill his obligation of the Kriya Shema. So we see from here that mitzvah is kavana. A commandment needs proper intent in order to fulfill your obligation. So my inkivan liboy, Yomar says, what is this that you have to pay attention? Yomar says, no, it's not to, to fulfill your obligation to have proper intent. Rather, it's to uh, pay attention to what to the fact that you're reading. So Yomar asks, likrois vokokari. What does that mean? You're paying attention to your reading. The guy's in the middle of reading. What else is he doing if not for reading? The Cairo, the Gemara says, what he's doing is he's reading in order to fix any mistakes. He's looking over, let's say the guy's a cipher, he's a scribe, and he's looking over the scroll to see if there are any mistakes in there. So he's not paying attention to what he's reading. Now, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Rashi explains that, um, one second, Kivan <clears throat> Likris, Rashi says, another uh, one second. Oh, I'm sorry, Bakari Lahigia. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says that's a safer. He's uh Batais, he's looking for mistakes. He's not even having a mind to actual reading. Look at Taisvis. Taisis and Debra Maskal Bakari Lahigia. Taisis asks on that, what does that mean? I don't understand. If you're reading at the end of the day, then that's reading. Why do you have to have in mind that you're reading? What does that mean? You're reading. So that's what you're doing right now. So you have to have in mind that I'm reading? That's what I'm doing. It doesn't really make any sense. So Taisa says, rather, it's referring to some per- a person that's looking for the mistakes in a Sefer Torah. And what he's doing is he's not reading the words properly and he's not, he's not reading the Nakutas properly. So let's say Vayemer, uh, instead of saying Vayemer, he's saying Vayomir. I don't know, whatever he's saying. I Meaning he's saying the word wrong and that's what it's referring to, that even so, a, so a person has to pay attention to the fact that he's reading because or else he would not fulfill his obligation. Okay. The Gemara goes on now. Taner Abadon. We learned in a Brisa, Kriya Shema Kiksava. Kriya Shema has to be said the way it's written. How's it written? Look in the Torah. It says it's written in Hebrew, in Lashon HaKadosh. So a person can only say Kriya Shema in Ivris, in, in Lashon HaKadosh. Divrei Rebbe, that's what Rebbe's opinion. Remember the rabbis say, Bechol Lashon, it can be said in any language. That means you can say it in English. Say Shema, hear O Israel. 
My time of the Rebbe. What is the reason for Rebbe that learns that you have to say only in Hebrew? Amar Kra, it says, Vahayu Babiyas and Yehai. It says in the in the Pasuk, it says, Vahayu Advar Ma'ela. Vahayu means stationary, that it should be has, as is. How is it? The way it's said, the way it's written, is in Lashon HaKadosh, is in Hebrew, so that's the way you have to read it. Rabbanon, the Rabbanon that learned you could do it in any language, my time, my, what's the reason for them? Amar Kra, they learn the Pasuk says, Shema. It says that you have to hear. Now, how do you hear something? And to understand something, in any language which you understand, that's the language that you can recite the Shema in. So what does he do with this Pasuk of Shema? It sounds like you can say it in any language, so why does Rebbe say that you can only say it in Hebrew? You have to be able to hear what you're saying. He learns this law is that a person cannot whisper and cannot say quietly the Shema. He has to be able to hear it from his own ears. And the Rabbanan learn a person that doesn't hear from his own ears, meaning he can whisper it, and he'll still fulfill his obligation. So that's why he doesn't need this extra pasuk of Shema to teach us this law. And according to the rabbis that learn that you can say it in any language, Nami says Vahayu, which sounds like it has to stay stationary in its language, which is Hebrew. They use this extra word, you should not read it backwards. The Rebbe, how does Rebbe? Learn what does he do with this pasta? I'm sorry, how does he know this law? That you know, so we'll see in a second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at Rashi. We'll give, give me one second. Um, how does he know this idea of reading backwards? It says, and it's an extra letter, hey, that teaches us this law that you can't read backwards. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, uh, Rashi says, and the extra word hey teaches us the midrash sheyikra hadvarim kisidron beloylamafream kigain. What's the example of reading something backwards? Ubisharecha beisecha mizuzais. Instead of mizuzais beisecha uvisharecha. So it's every single word you read it. You read it backwards. I think um, um, I forgot. I don't remember who. Someone asked a question on this. What is the what is the initial reasoning? That how can someone understand that it would even possibly be that you can fulfill your obligation by reading something backwards? Yeah. What does that mean? You're not even saying the words. It's like saying Shema Yisrael. You, you, what you're doing is you're saying um, one God is. It doesn't make sense. The yeah. Okay, but that's the question. I don't know the answer. The Gemara goes on. Verabanan and the Rabbanan learned Varim Hadvarim Darshi. Now, what do the rabbis do with this drasha? This um, expounding on the words, the extra hey in the word hadvarim, they don't learn that. They don't learn that that hey is extra to learn anything from it. Lememra, it seems from here, the Savar Rebbe, the Chol Yeah, go it ahead. Be, it could be that, not the whole parsha backwards. It could be also, if he takes more time. Could be what? I'm sorry? Select, select, select words, you do it backwards. Like, Meaning you make it make sense, but it's. Mm-hmm. Meaning you make it make sense, but it's completely out of order. No, no, no. No, but those three words. Makes sense. I mean, for example, those three words, which could make sense reading it backwards. Right. Okay. Like, like we have a uh, Oh, we, meaning we say each of those things different ways. Okay, that's nice. I like that. Okay, the Gemara goes on and says as follows: uh, Okay, fine. We're right after that. It seems from here the It seems like Rebbe's opinion is Rebbe was the one that learns that. It has to be, you have to say Kriyashma in only Lashon HaKadosh, only in Hebrew. It seems like he would learn that the entire Torah is only in, can only be read in, um, I'm sorry, can be in any, in any Lashon that you want in any language. 
the Isa Kadaitach Balashan Akadesh, because if the Torah would only be in Hebrew, you're only allowed to be read it in Hebrew. So Nemra Vahayu, I'm sorry, Nemra, if that's the only way it was said. So Vahayu Dechasar Rachman Alamali. Then why would I need to tell me that, why would the Torah need to tell me that only Kriyashma has to be in Lashan Akadesh? Obviously, everything else can not be in Lashan Akadesh. So you can read whichever language you want, the entire Torah. However, says the rabbis, no, when you come to Shema, make sure that it's only in Hebrew. So the Gemara says, Itzrech, Mishem Dechsev, Shema. Since it says Shema, and Shema sounds like you could do it in any language, so that's why you need the extra wording of Vahayu to teach you, teach you that, no, you've got to keep it there, even though the entire Torah also you can only say in Hebrew. It's just that Shema says an extra word, which is hear what you're saying, and what's that? That's any language I know, so I can say it in English. The Torah says, no, Vahayu, it has to be in Hebrew. Lememra, the Savri Rabbana. Now we're going to go in the, in the Rabbi's opinion. It seems like from them, the call Torah kula nemra. It seems like the Torah can only be was, was only written, can only be read in Hebrew. The nemra, because if you're gonna tell me that it was in any language, Shema the Alamali, then why do I need the extra word of Shema, which teaches you that it can be said in any language? So again, both ways, each each opinion has to take from the other way, because it says Vahayu and it says Shema. Shema teaches us any language, Vahayu teaches us only Hebrew. So depending on which opinion you have, that's which way you're going to look at it. Okay. The Gemara goes on. Tanar Abanan Vahayu Shaloi Yikre Lamafreya Vahayu. The word Vahayu teaches us that you should not read it backwards. Hadvarim Alavavacha. The words, these words upon your heart. What does that teach us? Yachal Tehei Kol Aparshat Tzricha Kavana. I would think the entire paragraph needs proper intent to fulfill your obligation. Tamalimer Ha'ela Ad Kan Tzricha Kavana. Until the words Ha'ela. That's when you need proper intent to fulfill your obligation. However, after that, when it says, after that, you can, you can you know, daydream about whatever you want. Then it does not need proper intent. That's the opinion of Rebbe Eliezer. It says, That's the question. The Gemara says like this again. The Gemara says that you have to stand in your place. Now, do you think you have to stand in your place the entire time? Rather, what it teaches us is, is that you have to stand in your place until the words from there on, then you don't have to. You have to, the entire first chapter, you have to stand in your place, you can't be walking around. It goes according to his reasoning, his reasoning, that you need kavana by the first parak, by the first chapter, by the first paragraph. So the idea coincides that you have to stand in your place and not walk around in order that you should have the proper kavana. Tanur Ab. Yeah. And the chapter is not until there. Yeah. Tanur Abanon, the Gemara goes on. Shema this pasuk zu kriyashma shel Rabbi Huda Nasi. Rabbi Huda Nasi, who always was learning, and he was very um, his tyra was his umnasi. That that was his work. His work was tyra, and these people that have this such a special high level of learning Torah don't have to stop their learning to go ahead and say kriyashma. Now, no one that we know is on that level, but Rabbi Huda Nasi was on that level that he didn't have to say kriyashma. So Amar le Rav the Rav Chia, Rav said to Rav Chia. I never saw my Rebbe, meaning Rabbi Huda Nasi, go ahead. I mean, Rav and Rabbi were both Talmidim, they were both students of Rabbi Huda Nasi, and they both were talking to each other and said, I never, we never saw our Rebbe, I never saw my Rebbe, Rabbi Huda Nasi, 
being Makabal except upon himself the yoke of heaven, which is normally said in Shema. Amalei bar Pachti, like son of, uh, I think it means like a smart one. Um, when his hand goes across his face, that's when he says the Pasuk of Shema Yisrael, Now Rashi explains that he used to go ahead and teach his Talmidim. He would start off Shir in the morning. He would start his class. He would start already from before the proper time to say Kriyashma. And when it would reach the proper time, they didn't see him do anything. And he would finish it after it was the proper time to say Kriyashma. He went all morning. Straight through. And they never saw him stop to say Krishna. So they said, no. What he did was, when, he, when his hand went over his face, that's when he was, uh, you know, he was saying Krishna. And it happens to be, this is where the minna comes from, that we go ahead and we cover our eyes when we say Shema. It comes from this story. Yehudah who would go ahead and pass his hand over his eyes to cover his eyes. And the idea is that we should have proper kavana. Because if our eyes are closed, then we can think about the words of what we're saying. Be makabal o machash Shema. Thank you, Mark. Right. Yeah. Maybe, I guess, uh, well, it had to be enough to have those, those intentions in mind, the ones that we spoke about before. So I don't know what that means that his hands went over his eyes. It could be they, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you figure it out. Okay, the Gemara asks now, Did, after he finished this year, after he finished his class, after the proper time to say Kriyashma, did he then say the Kriyashma at that time, when it was already after, after the proper time? Bar Kapara Oimer, Eino Chayzer, Bar Kapara said he did not Goimro, he didn't finish it. Rabshim Barebi Oimer, Chayzer Goimro, he did. See, there were other paragraphs of Shema after his shir was over, after his class was over. Amalei Bar Kapara, Rabshim Barebi, Bishlam Aladidi, according to me, Damina Eino Chayzer Goimro, who I learned that he never said anything afterwards. He just was fulfilled his obligation with his hands passing over his eyes when he said, That's why Rebbe, who was Rebbe Anasi, every single day in the class, he would say an idea that had to do with the leaving of Egypt in order to fulfill his obligation of mentioning the leaving of Egypt. According to you, that he said it again a second time after he finished his class. So, why did he have to say all these different ideas? Every single day he would try to say a different idea about Yitzhiya Smitraim, about leaving Egypt. In order to say the leaving of Egypt in its proper time, which is in the morning, which is during Kriya Shema. A person first says the first sentence and then he falls asleep. So Yatza, he fulfills his obligation. Amalei Reb Nachman le Darai Avdai. Reb Nachman would tell his, his, his servant, Darai, Bipsuka Kama Tsaron, if I fall asleep during the first sentence, wake me up. Tfei, however, if I fall asleep after that, then light to Tsaron. Then you don't have to wake me up. You can let me enjoy my sleep. Amalei Reb Yosef le Reb Yosef, Berei de Rabba. Reb Yosef said to Reb Yosef, the son of Rabba. I guess both of their names were Reb Yosef. Avuch, your father, Hechi Hava Ovid. What did your father do? Meaning, Rabba, what did he do in, if he was falling asleep? In the first um, sentence, I think it is, then he would tell his, uh, I guess he would tell someone to wake him up. The same idea that we just said, that after that, after the first, uh, after the first sentence, he would not have anyone wake him up. Amr Rabbi Yosef says, Prakton, someone who lies on his back, he should not go ahead and say over Kriyashma. He should not go ahead and read Kriyashma. Okay. What do you mean, what I'm do sorry? You mean lying on your back? Lying on your back. You shouldn't say Kriyashma. Isn't that how we all sleep, though? But you shouldn't say Kriyashma like that. You're supposed to lie on your side and not on your back. And that's how you, you shouldn't say Kriyashma while lying on your back. Why? All right. 
Um, so like lying it's on a, your it's a, it's like a, looks like a hoity thing. Lying on your pillow so. like this, you shouldn't say Kriyachima. Um, if you're sitting up a little bit, then it could be, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's no, just, possibly I can't sitting. Go all the way down, right? Oh, if you're lying down like oh, that, yeah. then yeah. Yeah, you, you, you shouldn't do it like that. So the Gemara, the Gemara says, Hamigna, however, to sleep on your back, shopper dummy. It sounds like to sleep like that is okay. You just you can't say Kriyashma like that, but to sleep like that is fine. Bahamar Rebishuban Levi. Rebishuban Levi says, Layat Aman, the Ganya Perkit. He would curse someone that would lie on his back. So Amri, the Gemara answers, Migno ki matsli shopper dummy. If you incline to the side a little bit, meaning you're lying on your side, then it's okay. Mikra. Um, I'm sorry, Mikra, Afagav Damatsli, Nami Asar. However, to read Taira while you're lying on your side, that you should not do. That's also Asar. However, we see that Rabbi Yechanan would lie on his side and read, and he would read Taira. Rabbi Yechanan was very large, he was husky, and he, had, he couldn't get to his side, so for him, he was able to lie on his back straight and still learn Taira. Gemara goes on, but Prakim, Shail Mepnei, um, shell No, what? This is getting into another Gemara over here. We're going to stop over here for now.